Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. The NBA season is winding down and we're not messing around. We're going right to the guest line off the top of episode 72 of Give Me the Hot Sauce, bringing in Stacey's play-by-play partner, Adam Amin. Adam, thanks for joining us today. And you guys are the talk of the town after that furious comeback against the Clippers last night. A lot of fun last night, wasn't it? That was a lot of fun. DeMar, DeMar is the talk. I mean, what, a, what an incredible, impressive individual performance in a team setting. You know, that's the other thing, too. Like, DeMar got 50, but Stacy said it when we were going off the air last night. Just what an incredible team effort. And, you know, there was a great video from the press conference after the game when they were talking with Patrick Williams. And DeMar interrupts the press conference. He goes, hey, way to hit that three. And Pat's like, way to get 50. And DeMar <laughs> goes, no, we don't, we don't win the game unless you hit that three. And whether it was Patrick Williams, Kobe White stepped up at big moments. Zach Levine made big shots and had some had a couple of key defensive possessions. Vucevic played well. That that was in a, that was really a team effort, and it's going to take that the rest of the way. So it was nice to see that. And I know L.A. is not elite, but Paul George is Paul George, and that's a really good roster they have, and they might cause some problems if they make it into the playoffs. So that's a good win. Good win no matter what. I was, I was telling the guys that it, it felt like a playoff atmosphere mm-hmm. last night yep. um, with the energy in the UC. The, the crowd was in it. Um, you know, it looked early like the Bulls were going to get ran out of the building. And then all of a sudden, you know, we had talked about, you know, guys stepping up, Patrick Williams stepping up and, and being more aggressive. And, and then all of a sudden, the second half, he plays almost the entire second half and Billy went to him. I mean, he earned those minutes, too, right, with what we saw uh, the game prior in Washington. Billy Donovan challenged him and said, you need to play with force. You need to play with more force, and you need to be physical. And those are the things that Patrick is. The dunk against Hartenstein, that's a strong seven-footer that is a good shot blocker that went up and got a hand on that. I understand he maybe it's not the poster that, that some people want to make it out to be, but like that's a poster dunk that he fought through a strong dude to make. That's that's why you and, and you've said it a couple times this week, Stace, because what we saw in Washington and what we saw last night, that's why you get excited about him, because he clearly has these flashes of this talent and this power. He can overpower a game and you would you just wonder what this kid's going to be in four or five years, you know, maybe even three, four years. What is he going to be like if he really harnesses this physicality he has? 
at such a young age. He's only going to get stronger. And as he gets more confident and more into the flow of what happens at the NBA level, and again, I understand he was gone for five months. That's a lot to ask for anybody, let alone a, a second-year player who's played 83 games now. But Patrick Williams can overtake a game, I think, at some point in his career, and I think he's shown flashes of that. That's why you get excited about it. Yeah, the Williams dunk was great, but let's face it, DeMar DeRozan brought the house down, and then anytime Stacy speaks French, it takes the broadcast to a different level. You, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> understand something, man. When much like a good dunker, when they see that runway open up, they gotta take it. And my man saw that runway open, and my man he took it and took off, and I, I loved it, man. I I knew he had something something in the in the holster ready. <laughs> so I try to get, and again, this is, I, I hope this is why people appreciate what Stacy does. I hope they, they think I fit well with him because I, I got to punch and go. I'm a, <laughs> I got to punch it and then I'm out of the way. Cause I know he's got something locked and loaded. And, and man, last night felt like that, that felt like the real, the real first one Stace. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, like when I had the DeRozan game winner uh, at Indiana, that felt like the first time I really felt like, yeah, I get, we got one, you know, like that's, that's one for us too. And last night for me felt like the first time since I've sat next to you because last year doesn't count. No. This year with the crowd, the energy, home game, the considering the circumstances of that being a, a, a comeback against a, a play-in or playoff caliber team, coming back from down 11 with four and a half to go, that felt like the first real one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that felt, I felt that one last night. That was a blast. Man. What, I, what I tell people all the time because they, you know, when they, you know, everybody, we all love Neil. And and Neil was awesome to 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 work with, and he he really allowed me to be who I am today. But I tell you what, when when I'm working with Adam, and and it's like we can finish each other's thoughts. Like we can, if if he if we're talking about a movie, he knows what I'm talking about. If I'm talking about a song, he knows what I'm talking about. And we just play so well off each other. And so even last night, you know, I was watching a little bit of the highlights last night, and I'm like, man, it seems like we've been working together for like 20 years. It, it's so smooth. The transition has been so flawless, basically. Um, and I really, really have a lot of fun. It, it's been, since we hired him, I've been reinvigorated. Because there was a point where I was like, man, when Neil rode off in the sunset like Shane, I was ready to get on the horse and ride with him. But then we brought, we got my boy Adam out there, man. He just reinvigorated me. So, yeah, I'm having a blast. No, man. But the thing, too, and you mentioned Neil, and I was so happy. I was talking with a friend of mine about this the other day. I was so happy when he got to come back. That yeah. really made me happy. And I know it made you happy that we got a chance to be, and to, to be there too. Because yeah. if he had had a normal, you know, send off and I would, and obviously we would have loved it. We would have, he certainly deserved it much sooner than he got it, uh, than he got it this time around. But I, I, I was happy and, and the circumstances, but that I got to be there for that because that meant a lot to me. And I sat in the truck during the third quarter when Neil came in or second quarter when Neil came in, and I just enjoyed it. I just sat there with Mark and Tamara and Russ and the crew. And I, I watched it from the truck and I enjoyed it like a fan. And I just had a ball listening to it. And the thing I remember most from Neil is what you just described, Stace, is that he set the blueprint for how to work with a personality. You know, like that, that I, I think more play-by-play -play guys would be better suited. Maybe, maybe it would behoove them to, to try to bring more out from some of their partners. Because I think sometimes we get in our own heads – don't get me wrong. I love having a fun call and, and hitting one. Yeah, they play the highlight on whatever, and it's great. But it's more fun when it's it's a duo, when it's a team, when when you and I both get to be a part of it. Now, I really enjoy that. Neil laid the blueprint for how to do that. You know, to to punch and get out, to hit, 
do your job, but get out of the way because you know something's coming that's going to elevate the game, elevate the broadcast, elevate the play that we just saw and make the call that much better. So he, he laid the blueprint for all of us. Yeah, and Adam, I remember that night when Neil came back, uh, you and Stacy were in the crossover segment with the guys during pregame, and you got emotional talking about Neil. Uh, obviously, he had an impact on your career, and I know that, that, that being a guy who grew up in this area, being a, you don't take it lightly that you've been entrusted with this role as, as the Bulls play-by-play voice. Very much so. You're right, Mark. And 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 the thing, the difference with Neil is that I I'm I don't have my style modeled as much after Neil. My style was more after Jim Durham, especially when I first started doing the NBA. I started on radio, so I really took a lot from Jim. I have I still to to this day have cassette tapes of Jim Durham's calls from the 06 NBA Finals, the 07 playoffs, the 09 Finals of you know Dwayne Wade in game three scoring 42 mm-hmm. against the Mavericks in this incredible comeback you know we're talking about comebacks the Heat had this incredible comeback and Jim sounded like it was 1988 and he was his you know he had found like the fountain of youth that night and I'm listening to him and Dr. Jack Ramsey do the do the broadcast and it's just embrained in my mind where Wade hits the free throw to put him over the top after they've been trailing for the entire game and said they've finally climbed the mountain and I did that. That call is embedded into my head. So I took a lot of Jim Durham as a play-by-play announcer. But what Neil is to me is my childhood. That's the guy. Like that's the fan in me. The technical side of me, the mechanical side of me, the professional side of me is more Jim. But the kid in me, the fan in me, the the hopeful kid hoping that they're going to win, you know, make this shot and win the title. That's Neil to me. So that's that that I, that's probably why I got so emotional when I got a chance to, again, that's another reason I'm so thankful that, that it did work out the way that selfishly, I know, but it, I'm glad it worked out the way it did because I got to be there for, for that send off and to hear his last call and to be in the truck for it. All right. That's, <clears throat> Adam, let's talk about what the bulls need to do tomorrow night. Um, yep. We know it's a big game tomorrow night against Miami. We haven't had success against Miami this year. What did the bulls have to do to win that game tomorrow at home? I mean, it, you have to match their physicality. Yeah, like we've talked about this, and 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 you were watching the game the other night, right, against Boston, and they they play a physical style with their starting unit. They're a physical group, and the guys that they have brought back in, and who they have on, the, you know, on their three and D guys that they've added. I know Duncan Robinson's not a defender, but everybody else on that team and that starting lineup works on defense, and you have to f- match their physicality. I I'm glad to see Patrick Williams hitting these hitting these, you know physical benchmarks the last couple of games because he's going to have to do that against the front line you know whether he's starting whether he's coming off the bench he started the second half the other night with caruso dealing with some of the back issues it's going to take that level of physicality to play because this is going to be as close to a playoff test as you're going to get i think down the stretch this in milwaukee uh and i guess boston too because you might play them but miami plays a, a playoff style of basketball how they defend how they're physical with you on the defensive end. You have to be careful with the basketball. You can't turn it over against them because the more run-out opportunities they have, the the better they feel. They shoot in transition. So I I think it starts with matching the physicality. And I think a lot of the the, the problems that the Bulls have had at times this year are mitigated or outright negated by being physical with the other team. You know, I'm not real good at math, but I know that uh, yesterday the Bulls winning and Cleveland losing put them up three and they hold a tiebreaker. So I think mentally – You've cleared a hurdle. I don't think the Bulls have to worry about the play-in tournament anymore, which I think was kind of hanging over everybody's head. DeMar scores 50. Patrick Williams has a big game. You're kind of healthy. You're still waiting on Lonzo. Do you think they cleared a hurdle last night with that thrilling win, and maybe they can can play a little freer the rest of the way, Adam? 
I'd like to see them at least take one or two more against these, uh, these next three. I I'd very much, I, I would, I think it would be tough to lose three straight against those caliber of teams. So I think if they can pick up one of these games, uh, Miami, Milwaukee, Boston, I think that's a big boon because you just need to know that you can't, you haven't beaten Miami. You haven't beaten Milwaukee. You you've beaten Boston, but that was a little earlier in the year and you played a knockdown drag out the second time. So I, I think, getting one or two of these games or at the very least being competitive in all three gives you a good feeling going into the playoffs. I think that win last night, we asked Damar about it in the post game. And I told him, I'm, I want to frame this in the context of what this means as you're trying to bring this team along to realize what it takes in a playoff setting. I think that was a big win because of that. It, it, all right. You know, you can do it. You know, you can play physical, you know, you can defend, you know, you can play from down and still be able to come back by executing at both ends rather than feeling like you got a jack up shots. That's a big hurdle to climb. I think if you can do it again against an even higher caliber team, at least once, twice, maybe be competitive in all three. I think that's, that's another hurdle to climb before you go to the playoffs. Well, you, you know, I'm always about the goals setting goals for this team. Um, you know, because I, I feel like you have, they have to have the mental mindset. And we talk about this, you know, on broadcast and, 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 you know, all the things we talk about behind the scenes, how important for this team to get into a playoff mindset going in. And so these remaining games, there's a couple of things at stake here. Even though they're not playing, have to worry about the playing game, there's still the goal of trying to win 50 games. Yep. And and that's a tangible goal that's still out there. They'd have to run the table and finish out, you know, undefeated these uh, last five games. But that is a tangible goal. And then also having the the you know the confidence to say, oh, we beat Boston, we beat Milwaukee, we beat the Clippers after we were down sixteen yep. points. Now that helps their attitude going into a playoff series. And yes. so that's why I think these games are so important. They've got to win these games. I think you and Will brought this up the other night or at some point this week about trying to win four out of seven, right? You had seven games left going into the Washington game on Tuesday. Try to win four out of seven. Now you and you're playing high caliber teams, playoff and playing teams pretty much the rest of the way after Washington. So if you can win four out of seven or, you know, they need three wins to get to 48. When you win 48 out of 72, that's two thirds of the games that you play. You win. You win two out of every three games in baseball. It's a pretty darn good percentage. I think that applies here too. You win two out of every three games, you're going to find yourself in a successful position in some capacity. And part of, you know, again, you win 48, some years you might be the four, some years you might be the three. I think the difference is this year, the, the East is really tough. Like the, especially the top of the East has proven it is really, really good. That game between Milwaukee and Brooklyn, we saw the other night with Boston and Miami, like top of this conference is really, really good. So if you can get to 48, win two out of every three games after you win 31, out of 72 the year prior, that's a great goal. That's a good feeling to have. You're gonna if you're gonna win some of those games, that means you've beaten good teams to get there. So I, I think everything you said, Stacey, I think all that applies. I think you need to grab some confidence wherever you can get it, especially for a team that was wavering for a few weeks this month, uh, especially after DeRozan kind of went into a little bit of a shooting slump. And it wasn't, I don't even want to call it a slump, it just wasn't what it was in February, which was an impossible feat to begin with. So uh, I think anywhere you can grab confidence going into this last week and go into the playoffs and know that you're going to have some rest. You're going to have a few days off as the play-in games are being played. You're going to have some time. You'll have time to prepare potentially for your opponent, especially if you are. Actually, you will. If you're the five or the six, you already know your opponent, unlike the one and the two. So you can prepare for those two, three, four days and really lock in and get yourself ready for a playoff series knowing that you've done really well down the stretch. 
you guys are back on the road and it has been a daunting oh. <laughs> amount of travel that you guys oh, had baby. the last month oh. or so. A oh, lot. <laughs> you went you went west, <laughs> then you went east to New York and Washington. Uh, wh- what does an Adam Amin like to do on the road? I'm I'm a homebody, man. Legitimately, I have friends in some cities, and I'll go grab dinner with, with them and things of that nature. But <laughs> Magic City, <laughs> lemon pepper wings, <laughs> <laughs> lemon, lemon pepper, pepper wings. Pepper. You can you can get them on DoorDash. In fact, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> ah! I, uh, I've honestly never been. Maybe one of these days. We'll see. Um, <laughs> but I've ordered the food, and the food's really good. I I I'm more of a homebody. I like to relax, especially because. This is such a grind. This past month was well, really was a grind. And again, we're not digging ditches for a living. I understand that. I'm just talking in the context of what Stacy and I and, and our crew and and you know the players do. It just it just wears on you is all. You know you don't you it, just missing your home, missing your family, missing your significant others, missing your pets, all that stuff. They, that still matters too. So being away, it's mentally taxing, a little bit physically taxing. I've I've tried to do better. You know, Stacy and I have, have tried to do better with diet and exercise and all that stuff. So. That helps when, when I can stay in a routine a little bit. And I know Stacy feels the same way, but I'm more of a homebody, man. I used to go out. I used to get after it. You know, if it was my 20s and my early 30s, <laughs> I probably would have been out there. You know, who, I, who knows? But like, I think, I think right now I enjoy kind of relaxing, finding some downtime, getting a massage if I can once in a while, getting a workout in, finding a good meal. But uh, that, that's, that's more my, my tempo now, I think. Adam, what do you what do you think about everybody trying to avoid Brooklyn in the playoffs? You know, you're hearing all these rumors, these conspiracy theories that nobody wants to be number two. Uh, everybody wants to be one or three or anything. Nobody wants to see Brooklyn in the in the first round. I what? started that. Oh, Mario yeah. Marksanowski. Yeah, we Mark no, oh, we gotta give Marksanowski credit on that, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, America, there you go. America. Hey, yes, hey, Adam. You know, I grew up in Milwaukee, and my Bucks are defending champs. I don't want to play Brooklyn in the first round. <laughs> I mean. That's what, again, another thing we're talking about with the depth of the East this year, right? We and I, we don't know what Brooklyn we're going to get. Right. That's the thing. And, and we still haven't seen enough of the sample size at home with Kyrie Irving to play significantly every single game and to be in a rhythm. We're, that's what we're talking about, right, with the Bulls. Rhythm is really important, especially when you are going to get a few days in between. It's not like you're going to keep this train moving if you've got some momentum. you got to stop the season, prep, start a new series, you know, start the playoffs, start your new season, essentially. So... I think getting into a flow, if Brooklyn is in a rhythm, those two guys can carry a series. Kyrie and, and, and KD can carry a series. Here's, here's kind of what I've learned the last few years just doing playoff games, and I know Stacy feels this because he played in it. If you have a superstar, and I'm going to say DeMar DeRozan is a superstar in terms of caliber of play. If you have a superstar, they need to win you one or two games in a playoff series, in a best of seven. And the expectation is that at some point in that series, if that superstar is going to live up to expectation, they're going to win you one or two games in that series. The rest of the games that you win have to be team effort. They have to be one at the defensive end of the floor. They have to be one with, with physicality. And, and you need some breaks and you need to make shots. But a superstar can carry you for one or two games. Brooklyn has two superstars that can carry you for an entire series. That scares you. That's why Milwaukee or Philadelphia or Miami doesn't want to run into Brooklyn in a 2-7 or a 1-8 matchup in the first round of the playoffs because they have enough firepower. They've proven it. In the month of March, DeMar had 50. So did Kyrie and KD. So they can carry a series. Brown and Tatum, I don't think have proven that they can carry a series. They can win you one or two games. They haven't proven it just yet to, to get you all the way there, the way that Durant and Irving have. Miami has a superstar or two that can carry you for a couple of games, but will they win you an entire series? I don't think so. 
Milwaukee has it and Brooklyn has it. And I think that's what separates those two teams. And that's what makes Brooklyn as intriguing and scary as they are, because it's the land of the unknown. You don't really know what you're going to get, but you know what they're capable of. Yeah, I think normally when a team finishes first or second in a conference, they look at, well, the benefit of that is we'll have home court throughout and we'll sure. probably have a first round series that's fairly easy. And now and that's been the, the case East, the last several years, Mark. You the throw last it out few the years, that's been yeah. the case. That, that's been the case the last few years. The one eight has been, I, I know Orlando won a game against Toronto. I think uh, uh, the Raptors might have gotten one against uh, Milwaukee at one point, but like, the, typically, one eight has been yeah. a four, four or five, and you're out. You don't really have to go that deep. Unlike you know, the Bulls, I think carried it to seven, right, in the one eight matchup yeah. a few years back last time they were in the playoffs. But typically, you coast in that series because you know you're going to win four out of five or six. Yeah, now seven eight looks like it's probably going to be Brooklyn. And I think Atlanta will get eight. So you're playing maybe Brooklyn as the two seed plays Brooklyn, and the one seed gets the Hawks, who made the conference finals last year. I mean, there's no gimmies in the East. No, no, that's the depth. That that's what's different this year in the East. The last, five, like I said, the last five or six years, it probably hasn't felt that way. But right now, it feels that way. It feels like a seven eight, you know, a one, sorry, a one eight and a two seven matchup could go six mm-hmm. or maybe seven. Those those are teams that can push you to the brink. So I'm fascinated by it. I don't think there's a weak team in the East at all in the top eight. I don't think there's a weak team. I think some teams are stronger than others, but everybody gives you something. Everybody has something that they lean on that makes it difficult on you for at least one game in a playoff series, whether it's LaMelo and the combination of of weapons he has around him in Charlotte, whether it's Trey Young's ability to go off, whether it's the Raptors wing depth and their length on the perimeter. uh, Everybody's got something. Tell our listeners a little bit, you know, we, I know how important he is to the team Lonzo ball. And we, as both of us, we know how important because we see it every night. Give, a, mm-hmm. give our listeners a little bit of, of information on Lonzo and how important he is to this team. This is, you and I were having a discussion about this the other day. This is a point of attack league, the NBA is. Uh, the point of attack being where the pick and roll starts because it's a pick and roll league. So the point of attack where everything begins to develop in a, in, in a first action on offense or in an action in general on offense, if you can disrupt that, you have a significant amount more success on the defensive end than other teams do. This is what makes Golden State really good. It's what makes Boston really good. It's what made the Bulls really good in that first stretch of the season when everybody was healthy and together, uh, why they were running, why they were able to hold a Clipper team to 90 points early in the season, why we saw all those under 100 performances uh, by the Bulls' defense in the early part of the season. Lonzo Ball's length, his IQ, his hands, along with what Caruso does, and I would compliment the same things for Caruso that I do for Lonzo, they know how to disrupt plays. And when you watch Kobe White have a game like he had last night, where he's had flashes, where he can disrupt that initial screen and blow up the point of attack uh, on that pick and roll, those are when those are the nights where the Bulls can stay in it defensively. When Io has nights like that, and the reason they don't have nights like that every night is because they haven't done it consistently for the first parts of their career. They're getting there. They're learning how to do it. They have examples of how to do it in ball and right now for the time being Caruso. When you can do that, disrupt that point of attack, it takes pressure up the second and third layer of your defense. It's like an, and it's like football. And Stacey loves football analogies. It's like an NFL defense. You got your defensive line, you got your linebackers, and you got your secondary. The secondary in this case is the last line of defense who comes over for help. The second layer of defense is the guy who may show or help on that initial point of attack. And your defensive line, your Aaron Donalds, your Miles Garretts, are the Lonzo Balls, the Alex Caruso's, the Jimmy Butler's, the 
hassling guards that bother you at the start of your pick and roll that disrupt your flow. That's the defensive lineman. Those are getting, that's getting sacks in the NBA. That's how you do that. When you blow up the point of attack in the pick and roll, that's how you get sacks. That's how that's your pass rush, so to speak. And if you can do that consistently, like Boston, Miami, et cetera, Milwaukee teams like that do, you're going to have more success at the defensive end. You're going to be in more games in the playoffs. Hey, Adam, we had uh, Joel Myers on the show last week, and he's... The pipes. Yeah. Yeah. One of the originals and do, you know, a man for all seasons doing every major sport, and, yep. and he talked about the preparation involved. You're getting ready to head into your baseball season for Fox Sports. Have you been keeping an eye on spring training and the, and the goings-on? I guess you have to, because when, once you jump in, you know, you're going to be going 100 miles an hour again. Yeah, and it's such a cumulative season. You know, it's a little bit easier to parachute in for the NBA or the NFL or, or what have you, but baseball is such an everyday sport, so... You know, a lot of it right now, because I don't I don't really pay attention to spring training numbers because they really don't tell you a whole lot, especially when guys aren't full on game shape just yet. I think what's more important is the acquisitions the teams are making while we're talking. Uh, the Sox made a move today, right? right. They traded K- Craig Kimbrell to the Dodgers to get a, uh, an outfielder. who was a very good one in A.J. Pollock. Uh, but and then they found out Garrett Crochet needs Tommy John. So, like, what are what, how are you going to fill these slots in the bullpen? So those stories at the start of the season matter come September and then when I jump in for the playoffs in October, like those are the the storylines that you track. What's a bullpen storyline for the White Sox? Well, they lost one of their best left-handed reliever or one of their best relievers early in the season in spring training, and they had you know the, the same day that they traded away you know their eighth inning guy from a season ago. So it's you have to track those things all the way from the start. And the more engaged I am now, the easier it is for me in October because I'm not you know, like I respect Jason and Len and, and, you know, Boog and all these guys uh, and Pat, you know, the guys that do the, the baseball teams in, in our city, they they're in it every day. And Jason does national Boog does national Len's done it as well, but they're in it every day. And it's so cumulative. So, uh, you know, it, it's, you, I, I got to make sure to stay on top of it as much as possible so that in October, you know, I, I still remember some of these important storylines that took place. One of the hardest working men in sports today. We're going to switch gears now because we went from basketball <laughs> to baseball, but we're going to NFL. What is, what, is, what is your thought of all the movement that's going on in the NFL from the broadcasting part of it yeah. to the players <laughs> switching teams and going different places? Give us a little take on what you feel about that there, Mr. Double A. Oh man, baby. Uh, it's, it's been wild. The wildest off season ever is the tagline that everybody likes to use, but, uh, you know, it's very much in terms of transactions. Yes. I think it's, uh, it's shifted the tenor a little bit of, uh, the leagues. Uh, I think balance is good. So you need quarterbacks, solid quarterbacks in both leagues. So it's helped. It helps. So I, I work for Fox and most of our games, not all, but most are NFC games. So it helps to have Tom Brady back with Tampa Bay to be able to discuss him, you know, to be able to talk about, the NFC South having a marquee quarterback as the other teams try to figure things out. It helps to see Justin Fields in Chicago know he's going to be the guy. You got him, you got Rodgers, you got Cousins locked into Minnesota. Like it gives you a little bit more of a clear picture. And now as you see Russell Wilson move, as you see Von Miller go to Dallas, Bobby Wagner staying in the same division uh, in the NFC West and going to Los Angeles to kind of fill that gap at middle linebacker that they had lost last year. I think this is... This is what makes the league fun. It's a 12-month out-of-the-year league, and to see how this plays out is crazy, but it's fun for us, especially when you get to do, let's say we do Denver week one. You get to do Russell Wilson's Denver debut. You get to do the Cowboys week one. It's Von Miller's Dallas Cowboy debut back in the state that that he did so much good work in when he was in in college. So all these storylines are great. 
as for the broadcasting side of it, it it's becoming just as much of a wild west as uh, as it ever has, man. Like it's a, a real cottage industry to cover this. And when you cover something and make it seem like a big deal and when there's money figures involved the way they have been for some of the top guys, it becomes more of a big deal to more people. So I, I still I, I still contend that most people don't care uh, who's announced in their football games as long as they're palatable and they're accurate and they they're not putting you to sleep. I think they just want to get through the game on Sunday with the, with the best information possible, disseminated at the right time, and hopefully nobody. But you're just trying not to bother anybody when you're doing these broadcasts. I want to have a good time. I hope the game's good, but I'm not trying to bug you. I just want to do the game and get out. And I don't think most people really care that much. But it's fun to see the carousel because now people are starting to get a little bit more intrigued about the top of this industry. It's pretty wild. Yeah, and if they offered you fifteen million dollars to do Monday Night Football, you probably would say yes, right? I mean, uh, that, that, I mean, not only for the money, which is crazy, right? I mean, I, I'm shocked that people pay this much money to hear right. people talk about football, but I'm not going to complain about it. Like, hey, hopefully I can get to that point someday too. But the other part of it too is it's still, the NFL is still king. Right. It is, it is still the king sport in this country. And it's the most viewers. It's the most care. It's the most eyeballs. It's the most exposure. Oftentimes it is very, very fun it is just a good time to call an NFL game, especially a good NFL game with great players, you know, trading punches all the way down to the wire. It's fun. So if somebody were to say, hey, you're the voice, you get to be the voice of Monday Night Football, you're going to call us. I'm, I'm so happy for Kevin Burkhardt. He's, he's done a great job as the number two guy. He's a great human and does, a, does an awesome job. And he's going to get to call two of the next three Super Bowls. That's a big deal wow. in our industry. So, you know, that's so I'm happy for him that he gets to be the guy. And hopefully that means something for me. And if it doesn't, no big deal. You know, I still have a great gig and a long way to go, hopefully. So it's uh, it's wild to see what this future or the future of this business may end up looking like. It's crazy. Yeah, Adam is so busy doing so many things. He can't even make his bed behind him. Is that is that what I'm seeing behind <laughs> over your shoulder? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. The I life, of, out, the life like, oh, of a shoot, bachelor, right, Stace? Wow. <laughs> he just puts <laughs> you on front street, threw him under the bus. That's what oh, Mark Sinowski does nowadays. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, Andrew Galata, bite you in the ear. Conspiracy theories start with Mark Chanowski. That's what we That's learned. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Adam, we really appreciate you taking some time. The, we're really excited about that first-round playoff series that you and Stacy get to call, and hopefully a great playoff run for the Bulls coming up. No, I appreciate it, boys. Thank you very much. Hey, you just uh, get ready for tomorrow, and uh, I'm going to bring my uh, Mountain Dew uh, Zero. <laughs> get that caffeine just in case. Going. Yeah, just in case. We've got to hit that caffeine uh, buzz. Be ready, baby. Thanks, babe. The great Adam Amin, our guest, episode 72 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. Coming up next, we're going to talk a little Final Four and the slap heard around the world. Stacy weighs in on Chris <laughs> I'm way, Rock I'm Will weigh Smith. In. You don't want to miss this, yeah, you America. You don't want to miss that. That's coming Two up next. Two piece and a biscuit. Two up. piece and a biscuit <laughs> and a pineapple soda. And we ain't talking about chicken. <laughs> yeah, we ain't talking about chicken, America. <laughs> Episode 72 of Give Me the Hot Sauce rolls on. We want to start out by talking about our good friend Jeff Vukovic. When it comes to insurance for your auto, home, and business, make sure you contact the king of insurance. That's Nationwide Agent Jeff Vukovic at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. And Stacy's got the golden pipes ready for our next segment. You know what, Mark? Today's a different day. Right. It's Friday. I'm passing it over to my good friend Timmy Whispers. Timmy yeah, Whispers Tim hasn't said a thing yet. Said so. a damn word. Let's so now let's see what's here. Was the last time I did that, I was accused of being a country singer. Okay, but try, try, try it again. You get it. Try to get another chance. Here we go. Hold on. Hold on. 
Oh my God, this guy, he's not ready for the moment. For those listening to the podcast, not watching on YouTube, he's now drinking water. He's drinking water. All right, here we go. Nationwide is on your side. Started out okay, but then... Yeah, it, well, you know what? America. I have no claims. America. This is the reason why he doesn't sing the Nationwide. Right. Okay? He drank some water, and he tried to loosen up the... Can you imagine if I didn't drink the water? His pipes were rusty. Okay? <laughs> so he drank some water to try, to try to lube up the pipe. There's a reason why that I sang it, and he doesn't. But I'm, I'm, this was your day because you haven't said a word the whole day. We didn't even know if you... I thought your lips were sewn together during the interview. So I just want to make sure you're, you're alive over there. Okay? Are you alright over there? I'm barely alive. But okay, thank it. you. Thank you. All right. and our, our guy, Jeff Vukovic, he brings his A-game every day. Hey, yes. So yes. Yes. make sure if you have any auto, home, or business needs, contact the king of insurance, Jeff Vukovic, jeffvuk.com, and he's, he's always got his A-game. And you know what? And he's a guy you can trust. That's right. Yeah, seriously. Like, I, I, America, I wouldn't just be telling you about Vooch. Vooch is, Vooch is a good guy, man. He's a guy you can trust. Yeah. Sorry to let you down. Jeff. A, no, seriously. He, <laughs> I, I, listen, listen. I buy my insurance from from Jeff, so I just want everybody to know that out there. So I just want to throw that out there. If I'm doing it, you need to do it. You know what else? Is a, you know what else is a great product? Oh, Mark, don't interrupt me again. I didn't know Mason you were to say. Why <laughs> is on your side? <laughs> wow. special, That's how it's done with it's, it's a you don't say hey, you don't say I like Buck Owens. Okay, <laughs> you, you got to you got to be able to sing it with with some soul. You know, you you yeah. were singing like you was at you gave me the chills. You were like you were singing it like you was at a Lone Star restaurant with peanuts on the floor. You got to be able to sing it. They with some soul. They don't let me sing there either. I, was like, I don't blame them. Oh, my goodness. You would have got booed off the stage at the Apollo. That's why I need that chicken wire up in front of me. Oh. <laughs> like Blues Brothers. Oh, or a Roadhouse. Yeah, the, roadhouse. Blind, the, blind head, the blind singer was singing, oh, yeah. and they were, they were throwing beer bottles at the that's chicken right. wire. Yeah, yeah that's like, but it, yeah, that, that, that would have hit you, though. That chicken wire, that, those bottles was getting in there. Oh, they're getting in there. Oh, ah, look at these. Pablo's coming, coming through. He's awake, America. <laughs> He's another guy falling asleep on a Friday. Look at him. <laughs> you can't see him, America. Yeah, but you know what Bible did have in the past couple days? What? That's some new hot sauce. Oh! Hey, you got some product placement. Why don't you show the folks what Where is it at? Hold on. Oh. Oh. America. America, you asked for it. You asked for it. We've been listening to the people, and we are pleasing the people. We have now brought out the new hot sauce, our fourth flavor. Chicago Fire, 1871. It's spicy and hot like <laughs> my girlfriend Don. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I just got chills again. <laughs> no, this is listen. Everybody wanted a hot one, so we we spiced this one up. It was um it's really hot. We we <laughs> It can take off a rusty bolt. Yeah, we we <laughs> Yeah, it's really hot, America. I don't, I'm, I'm just gonna. I'm following a disclaimer. So if you uh, happen to burn your tongue, or your splash your, in your yeah, eye, yeah, or it gets in your eye, <laughs> we're not gonna. We're not responsible for that. But it is. It is a very good flavor. It still has our little garlic twist to it, and but it's it's a lot hotter than it's a ten on a ten. It's okay? a Carolina Reaper. No, it ain't no Carolina. Is it a Carolina yes. Reaper? Really? Hundred percent. Oh, I'm well, not hundred percent. Well, listen. Well, what was the one that we? What was the the first taste test we had that made Pavel sick? Well, we just put test names on it. Was Atomic? It was Atomic. Well, um, America. We decided to scrap that idea. Okay. Listen. We we decided to scrap that idea because the simple fact we saw a man almost die. 
okay? And I, I, I feel bad for Pavel because Pavel, you know, he's from Russia, okay? Everybody thinks we're joking. Pavel is from Russia, okay? And he has an iron cast stomach. He can take anything. He can he, he drink a bottle of gasoline, okay? <laughs> That's how his stomach is. It's cast iron. But when we gave him the atomic... His eyes were sweating. His eyes was bleeding. They weren't sweating. They was bleeding, oh, America. Was <laughs> he, he, I need you. Anybody have any milk? That's what he kept saying. Like, milk? Like, weren't you the same guy saying that it wasn't hot? You could take anything? It now you want cheese. milk? Yeah. Anybody have any cheese? Any milk? <laughs> I, I have been broken. No, he wasn't saying, I will break you, America. He was saying, I've been broken. I... Does anyone have a trash can? Now I understand you. Oh, look at him. Follow him. There was laugh. America, can you hear Pablo back there? Pablo, Pablo doesn't get to say anything. He doesn't want to be on camera because he's on America's Most Wanted list, okay? So we don't want him anybody to see what he looks like, okay? Because he, he's a reward for this guy, okay? Careful. So we, so we got to be careful, yeah. okay? And his name ain't Pablo for real, okay? His name's not Pablo, okay? I'm just going to tell you that right now. It's Dolph. Dolph. It's Dolph Lundgren. So we're going to keep him in the keep him in the shadows back here. We don't nobody know where he's at. But he is an important part of this show. Okay, just because we don't show him on the show doesn't mean he's not important. He is important. So, Pop, I just want to say to you, this Chicago Fire 1871 is to you, buddy. You have something to say, Pablo, in the background? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I think Pablo's asleep. He's got nothing asleep. to say. Uh, you all right back there, Bella? He's looking for a sound effect, but I, can't, I think he can't Are you listening for the sound effect? Like, yeah, but. Like Where's the guns at, Pablo? Give me the guns. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's hitting the chickens. He's hitting the chickens. See, we, oh, get, we give Pavel the big moment, yeah, I know. and then he, he, he fell off the stage. He fell off the stage. Do. About as bad as Chris Rock. Where, where's the barf sound? Hey, where, where's the slap <laughs> to the face? That's what we need. We need a slap to the face uh, sound Ooh. effect. That would be cool. So if somebody, one of y'all say something stupid, yeah. like Tim, <laughs> we just slap him. Pow! <laughs> Timmy whispers, slap to the face. Well, since you went there, obviously it's yes. talked about ever since Sunday. Will Smith going on stage, uh, allegedly to protect his wife, but I'm not oh, sure exactly man. what his motive was there. But the slap heard around the world. What's your whole take on that, Stace? Embarrassment, number one. Embarrassment, number one. Um, disappointment, because these are two guys that are at the highest level of entertainment, and a lot of people look up. What the hell is that? Yeah, <laughs> okay, see, now this is like the kid playing in class. Yeah, Tim's phone yeah, went yeah, off. Yeah, Tim, Tim's I, getting a phone call. I had call. a slap first, and then I went to the next video. Okay, this guy. <laughs> this guy's over here looking at porn on the show. Wow. There we go. Smacking. <laughs> what are you doing over there, Tim? Uh-huh. He's got he's got a fourth grader's attention. Yeah, he's got a, two seconds. I can't, I can't think. Okay, we're, 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 America, is your America, friend. America. Disregard Timmy Whispers over there. He's he's in his own little world, you know. Like I said, you ever seen the Three Stooges where they X-ray their head yeah. and there's like a cage with a bird in it? That's what they find in Timmy Whispers' head, ladies and gentlemen. We X-ray his head to be a it'd be a bird in a cage, or it could be worse. It could be a. I did see it. There was a crane. Could be Kendra Lust. Oh, there was a picture of her. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> there it is right there. So back to the slap heard around the world. I, again, disappointment. I mean, those guys are two guys at the highest level. Yeah. Um, but I will say this. Like, you know, it was out of character for Will Smith. I, I, if you would have told me, like, Wesley Snipes would have done it. If you would have told me, even Samuel L. Jackson, now these damn snakes on the plane. <laughs> and when it slapped somebody, I would have believed that too. Okay. 
But Will Smith, I just couldn't yeah. see him doing that. That's just completely out of character. It's almost like his wife controlled him. Like when the when he's when he said, "Hey, you know, Jada, you still, I'm looking forward to seeing the the you know GI Jane 2. And then she he laughed went, first. And, then, and Will was laughing. Yeah. And then he looked over there at her, and her eyes told him. Take your ass up there <laughs> and slap the shit out of him. And she didn't even move her mouth. She just looked at him. Yeah. And he could read it through her head. And he just he was he was manipulated. He was he was brainwashed. He just walked up there. And I even thought he was gonna do a funny like the way he was walking, I thought it was gonna be a joke. Like he was just gonna go up there and, you know, mess with Chris, you know, Chris Rock. But then I saw him reel back. And then I'm looking at Chris Rock, like, okay, now I can tell he's not playing. Cause he's got his hand back, and Chris Rock had the the reaction of a sixty year old boxer that's taking too many punches. He didn't see it coming. Like I would have moved out the way and countered. I mean, I would have slipped it and came with the left, boom, and put Will Smith down. And then I would said, "How do you like that, Hancock?" I don't think he. I don't think he expected in a million years that Will Smith was going to physically attack him. Well, listen. He underestimated him. Okay, yeah. he slapped the taste out of his mouth. Okay, <laughs> he slapped the taste out of his mouth. That was that was one. Listen, we call that in our, where I'm from a bitch slap. Okay, that wasn't like some some like I'm just gonna slap you and make a point. That was like an embarrassing slap, and, and that was like, oh my goodness, that was like <laughs> that was like one of those like those pimp slaps. Like get yeah. back on the corner psh, and slapped him. You know what I'm saying? And then Chris 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 Rock just like. At the end, he didn't fall though. That's the one thing I can say about Chris. He he could take a slap. He's flexible. He didn't he didn't budge. No, but he went way back about three four feet. But see when Some he went but when he went back, I thought he was gonna come back with a counter. Like I thought he was gonna just like kind of spring back and you know throw a punch. But I give him credit though. He um you know to take that and be embarrassed in front of a million people and not respond and even not even respond with jokes because at the end of the day, listen, we we had this discussion. Comedians are comedians. Right. Okay, if you go to a comedy store and you walk in and, and a guy, the, the comedian picks you out of, you know, 100 people and starts, you know, giving it to you. Are you going to go, if you say one more word, I'm going to come up there and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you. Keep my name out your mouth. Are you going to say that? <laughs> no. You're going to laugh. You're going to play yeah. it off. And you're like, okay, you got me. You know, okay, you got me in my, my messed up suit here. Okay, you know, boom. You're not going to attack the guy. And how many comedians have actually hosted the Oscars? And they've ripped everybody in the crowd. Look at Ricky Gervais. Oh, I mean, oh, vicious. Oh, he was vicious. I mean, yeah. Billy Crystal. I mean, guys have been up there and they have they have like really ripped people, and no one attacked. Yeah, that, that's host one hundred and one for the Oscars. You, yeah, you, you gotta, gotta have, have you gotta a strong have, you gotta act. Have, exactly. Yeah. And and I don't think Will Smith would have done that. Let's say instead of Chris Rock, it would have been The Rock, and The Rock said something. And then would he went up there and slapped the rock no, upside his no, bald no. head? No, because no. the rock would have gave him the people's elbow, and he would have <laughs> fell. He'd, he'd probably be in convulsions. But Will Smith felt like he could get away with that because Chris Rock is not the kind of guy that would have came back at him. But with that said, though, I mean, it, it if it would have been me, Mark, we had this discussion. Okay, America, let me just throw this out to you. If you get anybody out there getting any ideas, because you hear me talking tough on my podcast, I'm just gonna tell you right now. If you guess there's one guy out there getting any ideas, everything about walking up and slapping Stacey King, I'm gonna tell you right now, you're not, it's not gonna end well. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you, and I'm not gonna be a Chris Rock and laugh it off. I'm just gonna tell you. I hope it never happens, America, because I love all the people. I'm a, I'm a I'm a people's champion. I love the people. I'm a man of the people. Okay, I love all. I love everybody. Okay, I'll spread love. Oh, okay, well, 
Okay, but I don't want someone to walk up and try to test me because I've been talking trash on my podcast. Because trust me, it will not go well. I asked Mark Shinowski this. I asked Mark Shinowski this before the show today. I said, Mark, if you was up there doing the Bulls, you know, the Bulls pre and post game, you know, we used to have they used to have it out in front of the atrium, you know, and all the crowd would be out there and they have always, you know, record the crowd. I said, what if someone would have done you like that and walked up and said, you know, Shinowski, you suck and smacked you. And Mark was like, Tell him, Mark. I'm not going to tell you what you said. Tell him what you said, Mark. Tell him what you said. I, I would have had my people handle it. I'd have oh, now you got people. Yeah, I got people. So I got lawyers for it. Yeah. He got people. Yeah. yeah. See, see, if go Chris ahead, Mark. Rock was all by himself out there. Listen, there were no people with him. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about Chris Rock. This is what I would have done. If I was Chris Rock, not Stacey King, if I was Chris Rock, he'd have slapped me. I'd have fell down on that stage like I was like I was a salmon out of water. I'd have been flopping. I would have said I can't feel my legs. I got whiplash. I want two hundred and fifty million dollars. But you, I'll, I'll I'll take a hundred and we'll settle out of court. Or you pick on someone smaller than you. Chris Rick should have walked down and then slapped Jada. I don't know. Jada might have whooped somebody else for real. Jada, hey, I ain't messing with Jada. Jada, Jada, hey, listen. She can kill you. Hey, all I'm gonna say about all I'm gonna say about Jada is that, that you know, listen. The, the disease that she supposedly has, alopecia, is not a life-threatening or, or it's not stage four cancer. It's not that. And Chris Rock, to his defense, might not have known that she had that. Not a lot of people knew that until – I didn't know she had that until it was brought up at the Oscars. So maybe he didn't know that that's what she had. And he was just seeing her with her head being shaved and, you know. And he probably didn't write that joke either. No. He's somebody, just writing yeah, so a joke he, somebody handed exactly. to him. Exactly. So he should have slapped yeah. the person that wrote the <laughs> joke. So, he, he, you know, you know, shit rolls downheel. You know, Will slap me, I'm going to slap you. So I'm going to go back there and find a guy who wrote the joke. Hey, he hey, Bill. Did hey, 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 Billy. Billy, come here, I need to talk to you. Man, <laughs> hey, Dan, Chris, you know, I'm really sorry about that joke, man. I, I saw what Will did to you. You know what, Billy? You're right. Smack. And I smacked him upside his head. There you go, Pavel. That's what you got to do. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure that that guy who wrote that joke was probably a little nervous. Like he oh, probably yeah. didn't show up to work. He probably left when the slap went. Now he's like, I'm, I'm checking out today. I'll, I'll see you guys later. I, I hope to catch you at next year's yeah. Oscars, and I hope I don't have to write any more damn jokes. I'm out of here. Beep beep. Drive home safely. Pavel liked that one. I think that's the first time I've heard a giggle. Yeah. Pavel. Oh man. Something about slapping people. He just likes that. Yeah, yeah. He, he, Pavel doesn't laugh too much. But Pavel's yeah. a serious uh, American. If you don't know Pavel, let's give you a little bit about DJ Pavel, right? Pavel doesn't laugh a lot, okay? He, he complains a lot, okay? There's a difference, okay? There's, there's a difference, okay? He he always, he, he's, he's got this, he's got this, like, threatening look on his face every time. So, like, he, he the English, he, sometimes we talk too fast for Pavel, okay? So, when we get to talking too fast, Pavel gets upset. You know, he he once he 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 almost attacks Mark Chanowski almost yeah. every on a daily basis. <laughs> Mark's like Mark's telling him, hit this music here, do this, do this, and Paul's like, hey, what did you say? Yeah, but his his understanding of the English language kind of comes and goes at his own choosing. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And wait a minute, America, let me tell you what I did, DJ Pablo. Okay, so we we have these little meetings that we text. We have group text, right? Yeah. So we're texting, boom, boom, boom. DJ Pablo's always talking about he can't read the text. Like, oh, I didn't I didn't know what you said. I don't know what you're asking for. Da da da. So this is what your boy Stacy did, America. <laughs> I went out and got a translator to put on my phone, so I can actually translate English to Russian. Okay, so now. I'm I'm sending the text via yeah. Russian so he can understand. So Mark will send him something in English, and then he'll put like a question mark like he doesn't understand it. Right. So then I'll say, okay, I'm gonna write down the same thing and put it in Russian. Okay, and and America, 
He still doesn't understand it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's this different dialect. I don't know. Someone's but, playing. But he, he uh, he's playing us. I don't think yeah. he. I don't think he. I don't think he's Russian. I think the guys from New Mexico, to be honest with you, I don't know, America. What do you well, think? It's like that old uh, Saturday Night Live sketch with uh, Ronald Reagan, where he's acting like he's the old doting grandfather, and as soon as everybody's out of the room, he's doing all these these moves. All right, we're gonna attack. Go over here. We're gonna fire missiles. That's Pavel for you. Pavel. Pavel knows a lot more of these Latin. Yes, yes, Pavel. We love you though, man. We love you, man. You, you've been a great addition to the show, and uh, you know we don't know what we do without you. Yeah, yeah. Little little self promotion, little self promotion out there. Way to go, Pavel! And we have a lovely parting gift, some atomic uh, party <laughs> and she'll like it too. Woo! Hey, we, we uh, talked a little baseball with Adam earlier, and one of the things we didn't bring up on last week's show was Carlos Correa uh, signing with the Minnesota Twins. We thought uh, he might come to the Cubs, because when we had him on the show, he talked about how much he loved yes. the field and the whole atmosphere there. But this contract he signed with the Twins was a three-year contract, but he's got opt-outs after each of the first two. So it's really only a one-year deal. So this is going to be revisited again after the season. Well, I mean, when we had him on the show, as you said, Mark, he was talking about how much he loves Chicago. And then up until once free agency started, he was, you know, in the press, he was talking about Chicago and the Yankees. The Twins weren't even – you didn't even hear the Minnesota yeah. Twins. And then all of a sudden – you know, Carlos Gray signs with the Minnesota Twins. Like, what? Like, where did that come from? Yeah, so, wait till it snows for opening day for him. Yeah, love yeah. That. When it's cold outside, yeah, yeah, he doesn't know about Minnesota. Yeah, it's beautiful in the summertime, but it's, yeah. it's like Chicago in the way. It's like Chicago in the spring. It's cold. Yeah. There could be snow on the field. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see what he does after this year because if he puts up monster numbers – um, in his first year with uh, Minnesota, which I think that's what he's banking on, then he's going to get the contract. He he wants that that Seager contract. You know, he wants that type of contract. You know, this is and he's a big time talent. You know, and Scott a, Boris wants the full commission. Yeah, because he yeah. changed agents to yeah, Scott I'm, Boris. I'm, now I'm, Scott will sign him to that big contract yeah, next year when yeah. he gets all the money. I'm in the wrong business. I should be an agent, man. I should be, I should be a baseball agent, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's, they, they make a lot of money. Scott Boris and what's the Lee Stein? What no Lee the football Steinberg? Guy. Steinberg? Yeah, yeah. Those guys make David Falk some serious yeah. coin. You know, yeah. you know David Falk. I don't know, America. You might not know who David Falk is, but he was Michael Jordan's agent. Okay, there's a funny story about him. Okay, so he was my agent too because when I was in college, I said, man, I gotta, I want Michael Jordan's agent because I'm seeing Michael on Gatorade, I'm seeing him on Haynes underwear commercial. I'm like, I want to get him that guy because he was the only NBA player besides Magic and Bird that you ever saw on TV and Dr. J. So Michael, you know, probably took the mantle from those guys and started getting more commercials. So I said, you know, McDonald's and stuff like that. So I said, whoever's his agent, that's who I want to get. So I signed with David Falk. Funny story, America. So. This is how big David Falk is. David Falk, matter of fact, I, I want to say that, and this is this is rumors that um, the Jerry Maguire was yeah, based off of David that. Falk and Steinberg, both of those two guys, because they were the most powerful sports agents out there. So this is how powerful you know David Falk is. So David Falk's got all the big names. He's got Pat Ewing. You know, uh, he's got. You know, uh, Jordan. Jordan. He's got freaking John Stockton. I mean, he's got all these top guys. And so, you know, when you call, when I would call David Falk, you know, as a rookie, and I, I'm one of these guys, I'm low maintenance. I don't need to hear from my agent every day. There's certain guys that have to hear from their agent every day. I could care less. And I told David, I said, Dave, when you, if I come with you, I'm not going to be a high maintenance guy. I don't mm -hmm. need to talk to you every day. I'm not trying to be your friend because David always wants to be your friend. He wants to be cool with you. He wants to give you a dap. He wants, he wants to be one of the guys. 
and it's just kind of creepy, you know, when you're 22 years old and this guy's like 50 something, he wants to be, you know, be cool and stuff. Right. So I never really got into that, but he's a great guy. So when I, my first and second year in the league, whenever I needed to talk to him, and I told him when I need to talk to you, answer the phone because I'm not going to call you every day. So I would call David Falk and Falk with uh, his secretary to answer, you know, this, you know, say, hello. I said, is David in? Oh, Stacy, how you doing? How the kids? You know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, David's in a meeting. Oh, really? Okay. Um, can you have him call me back? I need to talk to him about certain things. I wouldn't hear from him until later in the afternoon. So every time I would call him, Mark, he would never answer the phone. A lot of guys were complaining about that. So I, I'm me being, you know, witty and quick, quick witted. I know these things. So I said, I know how I'll get in. I'll, I'll see if he, I'll see if he'll answer the phone if I call someone else. So I would call in, you know, and the secretary, hello. I said, yes, David. In. Who's this? It's Michael Jordan. <laughs> I need to talk to you, David. Michael, how's the kids? How's Juanita? Everything's good. I need to talk to David now. And then all of a sudden, he'd answer the phone. <laughs> Hold on, Michael. I'll get. I'll patch you right through. And he'd answer the phone. MJ, MJ, how you doing? Say no damn MJ. <laughs> Stacy King. I've been trying to call you for two weeks. Now you just answer the phone because I'm Michael Jordan? No, no, Stacey. I was going to get back to you. I'm like, that's some BS, Dave. Yeah. And then he would do that. It would do like like three or four more times I would do that. I'd call us Patrick Ewing, Carl Malone. <laughs> I mean, you know, Gary Payton. I would call us someone different every single time, and I would get right through. I was like, man. I said, this dude is a trip. Like, I can't get in my name. I, I got to be somebody else. You know, you got to be a superstar player to get in. But... Yeah, it's my David Fox story, America. You don't have that problem now with your agent, do you? No. You know what? I got to, let me tell you something, America. I got a great agent. Yes, yes. Alan, Alan Sanders is, whew, he's my media agent, you know, and, uh, you know, he's, he's an awesome dude, man. He's, he's, if the, if I've had agents, Mark, if they tell you it's raining outside, you literally have to Better walk check, out there yeah. and go check, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, 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 because they couldn't tell you. To, I, let me tell you a funny story. Okay, so we're talking about agents. So, my, when I first got into, you know, the media yeah. part of it, you know, yeah. the broadcasting part of it, I didn't know anything about agents. I thought they were all the same. I thought, like, oh, I'm going to hire my basketball agent to be my agent. No, you can't do that. You got to have an entertainment agent. So, I hired this one guy in Chicago. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to front him out. So, Comcast was just, they had just came over from sport, uh, sports and what is it, Sportnet or whatever, with, with, before they were Comcast, they were something Oh, else. Sports Vision. Sports Vision. Actually, Fox Sports is what yeah. they were. Yeah, so they Fox came Bush over to Comcast, and, and so uh, they were getting ready to do the pre and post game for the first time. They were going to do the Bulls pre and post game. So they, they approached me, they said, hey, would you want to do it, yada, yada. And like, yeah, that'd be great. So the agent goes in, says, oh, I'm going to get you a good deal, yada, yada. I'm like, cool. So he goes in, he comes back to me, he says, um, yeah, I got I got a really good deal for you, and uh, it's uh, four hundred dollars. Four hundred dollars for what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, four hundred because you know at that time they didn't have the whole Bulls game; they only had like thirty. Right, because GM, GM was GM had it. So yeah. he's like, you know, four hundred dollars for you know per show, yada yada. And, and and I'm like, all right, no, no problem, because you got to crawl before you walk, and I, the money wasn't even an issue. I just right, wanted to just get my foot in the door and yeah. get the experience. So I was like, cool. So then the next year came. Okay, I went that whole year with that $400 a deal. You know, I said it was no problem. So the next year came. So he said, uh, you know, because we were year to year. So he goes, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna get you another deal, yada, yada. All right, cool. He comes back to me. He said, all right, got the deal done. All right, all right I'm thinking it's going to be more. He's like, it's $400. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, what are you? And wait doing? a minute. Here's the, here's the kicker. So I said, I said, well, don't you get a raise if they say you're doing a good job and you know, yeah, and, you know, yeah. whatever. He's like, well, you know, I, I did the best I could, <laughs> and then he's gonna charge me four percent. Yeah, four percent of that little cheap money that he yeah, got right yeah. there. You know, and well, I sure. and I was just like, are you really gonna take your percentage out of this? I could have walked in there myself and got this easily. Yeah. And so he was like, yeah, you know, but I, I mean, you know, I really worked hard, and I was just like, oh my god, I'm make sure I do not give you any references for anybody. I fired him right on the spot. Fired him right on the spot. Yeah, I had, a, I had an agent out of New York first when I first came to Chicago in 1990 and signed a first contract. First contract, you never get what you think you're worth. Yeah. So the guy's like, oh, we'll get him next time. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get him next time. <laughs> Win one for the yeah. Gipper speech. So, you know, the, the next contract's coming up and I'm excited. I'm like, all right, you're going to do some negotiating and get something good for me this time. He goes, yeah, don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it. And it's almost the exact same story. Got me this, this, pe- this real small raise and acting like he was a hero. Yeah, he got this little bit of money, and I was paying ten percent. Oh, so that was the end of that. I've never had an agent ever since. Yeah, it's 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 you know, like I said, it's a little bit different than the sports agent because the the basketball agent or the football agent or the baseball agent, they know where the market is. So when you can, when I came in as the sixth pick in the draft in '89. First of all, you start off as what the six pick made the year before, and then you go from there. So it's it's kind of you know it's pretty much set, and you know. But when you're dealing with the media part of it, it's a little bit different, you know, because it's you know based on you know how many sponsors that they may have and all this other stuff. And Comcast was just getting started, so that and me not knowing the business, like I didn't know any of this stuff. I just knew about the basketball part of it and being an agent. But as far as the media, I didn't know anything about it. And um, needless to say, that I learned very quickly. You know that yeah. <laughs> you need someone that's really good. It knows what and they're knows doing the and knows business. the market, yeah. Yeah. and it's going to roll up the sleeves. and And ever since then, like my man Alan Sanders out of New York, I've never had to worry about anything. He man, he goes in there, and and like I said, if he tells me it's raining, I don't even I don't even question it. I go grab <laughs> you an grab umbrella. The umbrella yeah. I grab an umbrella. If he tell me the sun is shining, grab your sunglasses yeah. uh, and and some and some uh, sunscreen. I'm bringing it with me, brother. So advice for all you aspiring young broadcasters yes. out there: do it yourself because yes. most agents don't know what they're doing. Yes, so. don't don't fall for the old banana and the tailpipe, tailpipe trick. Yeah. You know when they say I can get you, <laughs> I can get you this, and then the next year you come back, you're making the same damn thing. And then what? And the, the crazy thing about the, the little four hundred dollar thing is, like, I had to drive all the way down yeah. from up north, pay to park, you, like you're talking, yeah. pay to park, yeah. didn't get reimbursed for that. Yeah. And I'm like, well, geez, I'm almost be working for free, yeah. you know. But yeah. my whole thing, and I tell any aspiring, you know, anybody who's trying to do this and trying to get in this business, is you have to crawl before you walk. Right. You know, it's not about the money. It's experience not about, is most it's important. It's all about experience. And if you if you can afford uh, to not have to worry about where your next check is coming in, you know, you got to do what you got to do because that's uh, experience is everything. And I, I would do it all over again. I would take that. I would take zero. I mean, if that's what it meant for me to, to advance and, and to get better at what I'm doing. And then after that, you know, every door has been open and, and, you know, the rest is history. So, you know, we work with at Comcast. Well, first it was Luke Stuckmeyer. Then yes. it was yours truly. Yes. So, and Stacy became a star <laughs> working in the booth with, did, uh, wasn't Pippin with you that, that first year? Well, it's, did a the funny, it's a funny story about that. A lot of funny stories. That's why I'm teeing them up. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, a lot of funny stories about that. Yeah. Pip, they, the, the funny thing about it was, Pip was was scheduled to be the replacement for Johnny yeah. in the beginning, okay? Uh, because they felt like you know star power, Scotty right. Pip, and yada right. yada, and so um, 
they gave him the first crack at it, and I was still doing the pre and post game. And um, he made a he made a comment one time in the in the Washington series when they played with uh, when they went against Larry Hughes and Gilbert Arenas and those guys in that playoff series. Mm-hmm. Somebody hit a, a three point shot. Somebody took a three point shot for the uh, Wizards. I think it was might have been Gilbert Arenas hit a big shot. And Scotty goes, man, it took some. He had some big balls to take that shot. <laughs> and you know, and you on TV, you have to watch what you say. Yeah. You know, and even now, it's, it's even a little bit more. There's a lot more critiquing now than what it was back then. But he said, yeah, you got to have some big. I think it was like you got to have big balls or big nuts or something to take that shot. And then the one of the guys, hit guys at Com- uh, the Comcast at the time, was sitting there watching. Like, oh, we gotta get this guy out here. <laughs> you gotta get him out there. And so that's that's how that happened. And then we gotta get a guy who says, "Open your mouth and take it." Wow, we're trying to forget that, Tim. You oh. know what? We're trying to forget that, Tim. Okay, you just. Re- but 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 at the at the same time at the same time, you know, it's like you know you 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 have to as a young as a young you know broadcaster, you know any opportunity that'll get you in front of right. the camera. Yep. take it. Yep. You know, don't don't be picky and choosy and oh, they're not paying me yeah. enough. You it's know, because yeah. because you know what? There's there's a, there's a thousand people who, who would do it for less. It. Yeah. Will do it for less. And so and and in the NBA, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. It's like in the NBA when you're talking about like the play by play guys. You look at the play by play guys in the NBA, Mark. Those guys are there for 30, 40 years. They yep. like die on the job. Seriously, they don't. Those jobs don't come open. But, and when right. and when one is open, because somebody retired after. 35, 40 years, and then it opens up. But you have to wait a long time. Matter of fact, you could be a 25-year-old. By the time you get your first gig, you could be 45. Yeah, you know what I'm saying no, because those guys are those guys. They stay in those jobs. It's a tough field to crack. It's kind of like uh, Tim, the business mogul. You got any advice for uh, aspiring young businessmen out there? Well, if they don't die, sometimes you got to go out and kill them. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's, the title. Oh my God. that's the title of my next book. Is that is that the motto underneath the Telleray uh, letterhead? Yeah, free bumper stickers. <laughs> <laughs> if they don't die, you got to go out and kill them. That's right. So wow. when you go to all these business conventions, is that what you're telling people when, you, when you're when you having these conversations? Yeah, well, sometimes they won't even talk to me now. <laughs> <laughs> they see Tim coming and they run the other way. Oh, uh, let's go this way, buddy. We don't want to talk to that yeah, guy. That has happened. Never going to give you up. <laughs> yeah, I start dancing <laughs> and singing. Yeah, that drives me away, too. The, the Rick Astley. Oh, oh, my God. That's Rick Astley, everybody. That's, oh, that's, Tim's, that's Tim's second name. It's Clay Aiken and Rick Ansley. Oh, wow. They're not going to die. You no. have to kill them. Oh, that, my that's goodness. a nice one. Words to live by. It's on your business card. Yeah. Right, right on the back. <laughs> yeah. I might have to use that one. You know, it, ladies and gentlemen, for you, you for you who buy the hot sauce and you get the man code yeah. violations, this is the man right here who's great. <laughs> so when you're reading those cards, this is the man right here. Timmy Whispers is the guy who created the man code card. Well, that's from hanging out with you for 30 years. <laughs> 30 years of abuse. I finally gentlemen. learned the rules. 30 years of abuse. Oh, 30, 30 years of abuse. This is, this is it's a Friday. Yeah. You know, it's, did you have any, was there any stuff in the keg today? Both are full. Yeah. But you know, Stacy's drinking orange soda. Tim's drinking water. He didn't tell us. Pablo's drinking hot sauce. I mean, I was waiting waiting, as soon as the show ends. Yeah, sprinting over there. Wow, wow! Thank God, it's just like it's just like the damn barbecue. I had to go out and buy a Traeger grill because I can't. My friend never invites me over. You know, he's he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna invite you over next week." Never hear from. Don't answer the phone call. I call him up. Hey, man, weren't we supposed to grill on Saturday? Oh, next uh, week. No, that's well, a, yeah. wait, wait. We're gonna have a we're gonna have the Jimmy the Hot Sauce crew over in two weeks. I like to surprise you guys. It'll come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you really surprised us. Oh, I didn't know you 
guys are going out of town this weekend. It's <laughs> wow, <just> the weekend. <laughs> wow. Selfish, selfish, selfish. All right. 30 before, years of abuse. Before we wrap this up, there's a big event going on in New Orleans this weekend. The Final Four, and they've got a fantastic field. There were some upsets Ooh. early, but you got four Blue Bloods, North Carolina and Duke in one semifinal, Villanova against Kansas in the other. Let's start with Whispers. Give me, uh, give me the finalists and who's going to win it all. Geez, I thought uh, Villanova was going to look good. They lost their guys, so now i got to go with Kansas and Duke. And then I think it's going to be skewed to have Krzyzewski walk away with I think you might get a couple of calls uh, along yeah, the yeah, way. D- Disney's in control here. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, they've already started writing the script. It's over. You're going to see some terrible calls, and oh, they're going to win at the end. Stace? <coughs> Carolina and Kansas in the finals, and Carolina winning. Uh, I, I think they're getting hot at the right time. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was watching them. I was watching them play. They got size. They they beat Duke in at Cameron Indoor Arena. You know, and they're just playing with a lot of confidence. Um, they, they, the one guard, number two, um, God, for which it? team? For Carolina, the uh, kid that had like thirty five. That was like. Uh, was shooting the crap out of the ball. I forgot his name, but Caleb he, Love. Caleb Love. Yeah, that man. That kid is for real. And then, oh, yeah. and then Big I want uh, North Carolina fans. North Carolina, if you if we got any fans from North Carolina that happen to live in North Carolina or big Carolina fans, I just want you to say, I want you guys to say thank you to the University of Oklahoma. I want you to send some send some flowers, send cards, say thank you very much for allowing you guys to have Brady Manic on yeah. your team. Because Brady Manic has got you out to the Final Four. Brady Manic like Larry Bird out there. And Larry, I mean, when he was at Oklahoma, he was doing the same thing. And had he stayed here, we had three or four kids that made it to the you know Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight that transferred out of the portal. If Porter Moser has those guys. Oklahoma is in that situation. We had Brady Manick from Carolina was there. Uh, we had the kid from Miami, the shooting guard from Miami, um, Stuckley or something. I don't remember his name. But he he came from Oklahoma, left in the portal. We had a kid from Hard- Hardman, Harmon from Oregon who was uh, from Oklahoma. And then we had another guard that was from Oklahoma. So there was four kids that were in the portal that transferred because, you know, their coach left and didn't want to play for Porter Moser, a new coach, new system. Um, and that really, you know, and Porter had a good season. I mean, because when I saw those, I ain't gonna lie. When I went out and saw him this summer, and I saw the team that he's gonna have, I mean, he's pretty much piecing things together. You know, he was getting kids in the portal as well, and he's a great coach. You know, in a couple of years that team's gonna be elevated. But when I was actually looking at his roster, and before I even met the players, I was just looking at him like, man, they're they be lucky to win eight games. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they didn't even look like a college team. Like seriously, they did not look like a Division One college team. And then watching them play this year. You know, just they they exceeded all expectation. They had some huge upsets. They beat some top teams. They beat Alabama when Alabama was in the top ten. Um, they beat Baylor. Yeah, nice they beat Baylor, who was in the top five before the NCAA tournament. And matter of fact, that's probably one of the reasons why Baylor ended up losing because they were playing bad at the end of the year, and Oklahoma beat them in the Big Twelve tournament. If they if they'd won one more game, they lost to Texas Tech by one point, and Texas Tech went pretty deep in the in the tournament. I think they went Sweet Sixteen. The Sooners are back, baby. I'm just gonna throw that. Yeah, out and there. they they made a nice run in the NIT. Lost a close game. Uh, we don't, Xavier you know what, you know in Oklahoma, you know, you know, you know, Mark, in Oklahoma, we don't, you know, University of Oklahoma, Sooner basketball, we don't count the NIT. Right. We don't. We don't acknowledge the NIT. So don't don't, don't ever bring that up again. Okay. <laughs> wow. just, we don't acknowledge that. We we are we only talk about NCAA. Okay. NIT. No, that's like going to the dollar store. We're not going to the dollar store, Mark. We're going to Target. <laughs> or we're going to Walmart. We're going to name brand. Okay. Right now. Okay. Don't ever bring up 
NIT to me again, Mark, okay? Because I've been known to throat punch a person when they say that. That's degrading. That's degrading to the University of Oklahoma. An alumni. I don't want to hear that. We don't acknowledge that. I didn't even watch it. I didn't care how they did. I didn't care. Okay, if it wasn't NCAA, we didn't talk about it. I'm sorry. All right. Well, I guess that ends that topic. Uh, yeah. I've got uh, I've got Duke beating North Carolina. I've got Kansas beating Villanova, and I'm rooting for Coach K. You know, when I first came to Chicago, I got a phone call from. Uh, Coach K's secretary, I think it was 1991 or 92. And I'm just a young guy, fourth guy in a four-man staff. And and she says, uh, I'm looking for Mark Shanowski. I'm like, this is him. Um, Coach K was wondering if you could emcee a banquet that he's going to be appearing at. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I wanted to say why, but you, you, you want to be a little bit proud and go, well, I think I can check my schedule and see if I can work that in. So this was a big event. And, you know, I introduced him, got to meet his wife. And his kids were really little at the time. And. And then later, uh, when they were closing Weber High School in Chicago, he asked me to do another event for him. So I got a lot of respect for Coach K. I know people with Duke either love him or you hate him. But, you know, he's, he's been a good guy throughout his career in terms of, you know, my dealings with him. So I'm rooting for Duke. That'd be a great story well, for him to win the you're, last You're one. a Disney guy, so there we go. Plus, my daughter <laughs> wins her pool at work if Duke wins. So that, oh. yeah, yeah. So wait a minute. Hold up, Mark. So he just picked your name randomly? Because I was a Polish sports. That's what I was, I was getting ready to say. That's that what I was, was it. Okay, that's what I was yeah. getting ready to say. In America. I, 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 I knew it wasn't because of his looks, and he had a, a big <laughs> salad at the time. Because you know, Mark's got a salad now. Mark's one of the few people and that it, doesn't that has hair. not aged. He got yeah. real hair because yeah. I pulled it a couple times to make sure <laughs> that he didn't have a toupee. Me. Okay. So 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 Mark's got real hair. So I just want to throw that out there. He's got his salad. So because I was wondering. Like, like he picked you out of four people because I was getting ready to say it had to be because your last name. Yeah, yeah, that's racist. Yeah, Coach C. <laughs> that's a racist. He, he didn't pick. He didn't pick Johnson or Black or Anderson, but he yeah. picked Shanowski. Oh, that sounds like a post name. I'm gonna pick that guy. But I did the event. It was great. He sent me a bunch of Duke gear, first class. Wow, nice. that's yeah. awesome, man. That's 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 a cool story. That is one. Of, that's a, that's a real cool story. Have you seen him since though? Have you like? Have you like kept in contact? Yeah, we vacation in you know Hamptons <laughs> and stuff. No, I know. <laughs> no, you shut up though, because he handpicked you. I did see him at a uh, Duke was competing at something at the United Center. I had a chance to go up and talk. Yeah, to you. yeah you, y'all get, that's like being friends for life. I mean, yeah. you don't hang out like you know, like I don't hang out with Tim every day. You know, but <laughs> you know, but we, we're still friends. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I, you know, I can call Tim up once every six months. How you doing? Well, this is great. We're gonna have Coach K on now as a guest. He's got that's right. Time. Yeah, oh. I'm calling that friendship from 30 <laughs> yeah, years you ago. Did. Yeah, 30 hey, years. We wanted to get a guest with a Polish last name, so I went oh, for Oh, yeah. That, it, Timmy whispers, you're thinking like a champion, son. Here we go. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, Pablo's ready to start his weekend. He's looking at his phone. He's pretty much yeah. checked out. Pablo, how about uh, playing the music as we get out of here? <laughs> that's the wrong Yeah. Music, but that's okay. We like yeah. Thank God it's Friday. Oh, Happy hour! <laughs> and I'm happy! Do we have any Will Smith? Oh! Little slap it! No, I mean slappy. <laughs> That's terrible, man. That's there terrible. you go, Pablo. There you go, Pablo. Drive home safely, Chicago. Beep, beep! <laughs>